Big news, friends. Mega has a live show, which we will also live stream. It's going to be at the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles Saturday, March 16th, and it's a 4 p.m. matinee. We're going to have a lot of amazing guests, so get your tickets now by heading to our website, megathepodcast.com. And if you're a Patreon member, you get a discount. So join us live or virtually on March 16th and get your tickets now. You know the unmistakable sound of opening your freezer door? That little kiss? Well, my freezer makes that kissing noise and I kiss it right back because it's filled with butcher box cuts that have made my life way more convenient. Delivered right to our doorstep, free shipping, always, and curated customized box plans. It saves me money and trips to the grocery store and I can meal plan for weeks at a time and I got leftovers to boot. Eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering mega listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. That's three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free, that's free, in every order for a whole year. That's a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Get a kiss from your freezer and your family and sign up today at butcherbox.com mega and use code mega to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, ButcherBox. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis, and at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. We are I'm Hallie Laban, and this is Mega coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church. We're going to be giving our mega church just the tiniest family of a feel by introducing you to members of our church staff and our community. Oh, it's a treat and a treasure. Bless, bless, bless. Well, per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Highs, everybody. Glow up, Hallie. Hey, how are you? I'm so happy to see you, my brother. How was your week? Oh, it was amazing. You know, I'm not sure if I've mentioned him, but I've been hanging out a bit with this uh, this guy that uh, that I've I've kind of become pretty close with, a good friend. Uh, his name is Clay, Clay Mason, Mason Bannerman. Bannerman. Yeah, he and I actually took a couple of ladies on a double date. Uh, yeah, that we met on Christian Friend Finder ah. to the drive-in movie. Awesome. That was really fun. We went and saw uh, the new Jurassic Park. Well, I guess it's called Jurassic World. Cool. And uh, it's a Chris Pratt movie. You know, we're both huge Pratt fans. Oh. I don't really believe dinosaurs existed, but we had a really great time. Awesome. Uh, so. Well, what were the ladies' names? Uh, you know, I don't remember, but it's not going to happen again, so it doesn't really matter. Oh. 
But I'm really on fire for this youth event that I hosted this week, Hallie. It's called Turn and Burn. Turn and Burn? That is right. Now, awesome. do you know that uh, lowrider cars, do you know those? Yeah, they're so cool. Yeah, they're so popular with teens. I think that's because they've made over 30 of those uh, Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. So teens are just really into those right now. Oh. And what I didn't know, Hallie, is that there is a 96% chance that if you drive a lowrider car, you are probably going to drop out of high school. Is that right? Yeah. And so, you know, I really wanted to get these teens in and on fire for Christ. So what I did is I invited all these guys who've got lowrider cars and I said, hey guys, I'll meet you at the church parking lot on Sunday night at nine o'clock. And uh, I did an altar call. They all accepted Christ. And if they did, I let them do as many burnouts as they wanted to in the parking lot. (laughs) It was so fun. They got to play the music and have the lights going and stuff. And uh, and, and it creates this really smoky kind of hellfire effect. And I, you know, I got to have this great teaching moment where I said, you know, that should remind you that if for, for all of you guys who didn't turn to the cross tonight, you know, turn, you're probably going to burn. Uh, it, yeah, in those flames for all eternity. So awesome. get used to those fumes. Awesome. How was your week, Hallie? I might be harping too much on this, but I did, I'm in a bit of a quandary since last week when my kids were trying to school me about society's attitudes towards sexual orientation and gender identity. Okay. <gasps> Snows. Well, right. So you remember, I threw some scripture at them about biblical marriage being between a man and a woman. Right. I thought that was great. Thank you. But they saw right through it, and they said sexual orientation and gender identity has nothing to do with marriage. But, Gray, I couldn't find anything in the Bible to address any of that stuff. And it's really hard when the church has strong feelings about stuff that isn't supported by actual scripture. Mm. So this week it got worse because I guess this guy in the Senate or whatever it's called, Congress or whatever they, I don't know, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky or something, he was saying on the Senate floor that trans kids are going to destroy girls' athletics. Oh, is that what they want to do? I don't know. Maybe that's their agenda these trans stuff. And so my girls are, they're in sports and they have feelings about all this stuff now. And they're telling me, mom, that's not true. And they're trans girls because evidently Rand Paul kept identifying them as boys. Uh, So I looked into it and I found clips online on um, YouTube and stuff. And this Rand Paul fella, he thinks that trans girls, or as he calls them, boys, they just want to get into that girl's locker room and get an eyeful. And, you know, part of me wants to tell Mr. Rand Paul that, you know, these adolescent girl locker rooms, it's not exactly a steamy scene. It's more like a bunch of Pringles cans awkwardly peeling themselves out of gym uniforms between you and me. But I think older men, they really romanticize these type of things. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, who wants to go in a girl's locker room anyway? Yeah. So my daughters are trying to explain to me that trans girls are under constant threat of discrimination and violence, and they wouldn't be facing all that torment just to get a peek of a few gummy bears in a junior high shower. Right. So it's really hard when there's no scripture to back up how you feel. And so I just was like, I'll just overpower. Them with logic. So I said, oh, I hate when you have to do that. I said, What are these kids going to do someday when they're adults? Are they going to start altering their bodies? Uh, right. And Day goes, Oh, like piercing your ears and shaving your legs like you did, Mom? Like uh, God didn't make you with holes in your lobes and God gave you hair that you're removing. He said, You're altering your body. And I said, No. Well, I know. You know, and technically my lats wouldn't be this big either, Hallie. So I guess he does have a point there. But I said, Day, you can't alter your body or somebody else's body in a way that's irreversible. Oh, right. Well, what did he say? He asked where his foreskin was. Well, where is it? Well, you know, when you have a little boy circumcised, you bury their foreskin outside the front door for good luck. What? Yeah. That's not what we do in Australia. Oh, really? No, we ground it up into a little powder and we put it on a foreskin cake.
because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis, and at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the megaverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. Just like Jesus had a team of 12 following him, our guest today comes from an NBA team of 15. Ladies and gentlemen, Indiana Pacer, Ron Labine. <laughs> Happy to be here and honored. I feel the light in you and me. Woo! Game on. Let's do this. Oh, wow, Ron. I mean, people are going to freak out because I would say, you know, we've got a several celebrities that go to Twin Hills, but I would say you you are one You're of the, the most famous. And when people look around and they come to the church, they go, uh, hey, who's that really tall guy? And we go, that's Ron Labine. Bean, he played for the Indiana Pacers in what, in the mid-90s, I guess. Yes, 90, 93 to 98 is when I played. Oh. We played in quotations. I got some time, but I was I was just happy to be there. But I always say, the Pacers were my first team, yeah. but the church is my second. Hey! Oh. That this is, is awesome. the community is the real team, right? That's, That's right. Great. That's right. It is such an honor to talk to you guys. Got him. I'm jacked up. Oh, I the, the pleasure is ours, Ron, because truly, I feel like when we get big time athletes and celebrities uh, in our church seats, in the in the auditorium on the weekends, it really totally. sends a message to people yes. that A, Jesus is cool, and that following God brings great success, and that people who are talented and gifted are Christ followers. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like every apostle wasn't famous, you know? Right. You had, you had your, you had your Judases, yep. but then you yep. had to have your Thomases, yep. you right. know, like yep. we, we just know them for one thing, That's right. you know? Right. And just like that, those are just as equally as important. So celebrities yep. to, to normal people, to Reggie Millers, to me, That's right. everyone plays a part on the team. And I love that we kind of, I mean, you were basically the reason that we decided to have a VIP section at the church That's that, right. you know, is, is That's at right. stage left. You guys get your own door now. And it's about three rows of people that we consider to be very important people, just so that the image of the church is really put on display with you guys. Because, you know, like Hallie said, if they see you there, they're going to bring the friends, even if it's not about the church stuff, they're going to be like, hey, Ron Levine goes here. So I'll check it out. Absolutely. It's all about trying to get people into the pews. That's my ministry. My ministry is being a celebrity. And showing up places. Yes. Yes. And getting payment for it. That is how I serve. Like, and that so right. I do have a sponsorship with the church and they, I show up and uh, I do have my own 
brand of wine that I do that, you know, they will let, they'll let me sell. Well, that is my ministry. That is how I serve the community. We all are called on to serve and some of us do it for no money. Some of us do it for money and they're both good. And, uh, I mean, you're the whole reason I bought a Jeep Renegade is because oh. I went to Ron Levine Chrysler Jeep Honda and you were, you were out there selling that Jeep Renegade and I was like, hey, that's awesome. I also thought it was cool that, you know, you, you've also got a Honda dealership because, you know, usually Jeeps and Hondas don't go together. That's cool. If we can't beat your lease, that's a slam dunk. <laughs> So cool. Now, does it get tedious? People always coming up and wanting a selfie and an autograph. Well, it I, it gets tedious when people want to ask me questions about you know the good, the better NBA players. Once you got their right. shot, yeah. And yeah. I want to talk about my career. I mean, yeah. I averaged one point three points a game. Yes. Point eight rebounds a game. Awesome. Zero assists. I do not pass. That was what, I never passed the ball. If you get the ball, it's yours. Cool. Someone has to take it. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's the other team or your fellow teammates. Yeah. It's, you know, do or die, eye for an eye. Right. Old Testament, New Testament. And so it does get tedious, but I love it. I love it. I love attention. I love it when ugly people talk to me, but I really like it when young, young, good looking people talk to me, you know? Yeah. Like that makes me feel good, you know? Yeah. Like sometimes babies will talk to me, but I'd rather like, like 20, 20 something good looking men or women. I love that. Yeah. And you have such a beautiful wife. She looks like Juliana oh. Zobrist. She, oh. She's gorgeous. She has that long hair. I mean, honestly, she looks retouched like a magazine. Oh, Rachel, she is fantastic. She is my rock and my water, my alpha and my omega. She is perfect. Oh, she is awesome. So take us back to the beginning. How did you get into basketball and what, you know, what, what took you from all the way from wherever the heck you were from to the NBA? Oh, well, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, and so, sorry. Uh, you know, go Reds. I know, exactly. <laughs> Tortured. Uh, <laughs> and I, we all, basketball was a religion in that area. We're right across the river from Kentucky. And that was it. There was, I mean, there was religion and then there was basketball. You know? uh -huh, and so uh -huh. those were two sacred days, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh -huh. most sacred times in the area. And that's what my dad, he, you know, he fought in the war. I, I forget which one. I, I, I should know this, but we, we, we weren't, I was scared of him and I didn't want to, he told he I told me that once. would have been and, like the 80s. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if we were in a war in the 80s. So yeah, so let's see. I graduated high school in 1987. So it was something, he said he was in a war, but he, it's one of the things he told me and I forgot and it's like too much time had passed. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And then right. you I feel could, weird asking. Yeah, you can't, yeah, he's yeah, your dad. You can't ask what, you have to be like, oh yeah, that one. And so, yeah, but right. I knew that, that was serving was important to him. Right. Was it Vietnam? Uh, it might have been Vietnam, but I think he was. I think he was a little too young for that. So I don't. Okay. Maybe was did we do anything with the Falcons, or is that a different country? I think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. If the, I'm not sure if I've heard of the Falcons. It sounds like a cool right. bird. Could have been the Falcons. Yeah. Oh, it could have yeah. been the. But it was yeah. something where he didn't want to talk about it, or he, I didn't ask about it, okay. and and so I realized I couldn't be in the military because I was afraid. Yeah. So. I decided my army will be basketball. You know, awesome. my war is that hardwood floor. You know, my weapon is an orange sphere, and my, my diplomacy is a net. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. And did you end up going across the river? Did you go to Kentucky for for basketball? Yeah, I, I went to Louisville. Kentucky is number one emphasis. So how dare you? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up going to Louisville, and it was a blast. I mean, because if you are a basketball player in Louisville, you, you I mean, you might as well be St. Peter. At the pearly gates. Oh yeah, I've I've heard of Louisville. Uh, that's yeah, that's another big basketball school. It's a very big basketball school, but I, it was it, it was was an actual Louisville. Okay. It was it, it it was called a uh, New River Christian Christian College, New River Christian College in Louisville. That's cool. Okay. Of, 
inside of, technically inside the city limits of Louisville, but I could say I went to Louisville. And if I'd yeah. show up and if, if you show up at a basketball, people just assume. Well, you're what seven foot tall. I mean, I'm anybody seven foot tall. Yep. Awesome. That is. I, so I'm exa- how'd you get that? I'm exact. You have an eye for, I'm exactly seven feet tall. Yeah, right. I'm good at that. I could win at the fair. And oh you're gosh. probably. I'm guessing a hundred and. What about how much do you weigh? I'm I'm 148 pounds and I'm seven feet tall. So that's awesome. Uh, I'm a lean muscle type. God gifted you with that, and then God gifted Twin Hills with you because oh I God. feel like in the way that you, I mean, you have been so ingenuitive in coming up with ideas to get people. When you did that baptism shootout, where whoever oh. signed up to be baptized got to that's... do a shootout with you in the gym. I mean, and and then we had this thing. We said in the gym it was going basketball, and in the auditorium they were going baptism, and it just was this cohesive thematic weekend i mean you got so many people dunked that weekend for christ if you dunked over them they didn't get baptized that's but true if they dunked over you they got baptized that was me i did do dunk for dunks it's one of my favorite ministries that we did and it was can i say humbling yeah yes. very humbling yeah, because pretty much everybody dunked, dunked on you i was getting dunked on like a donkey uh, oh. but but what did jesus ride in into town that day on palm sunday <gasps> right. but a donkey and a, donkey. a humble donkey and i want to be that for the church wow. but it was my ego was a little bit bruised but it healed i mean that is amazing so so i just want to go back you you're you're at louisville and yes. or, or whatever that other uh place was yeah new and, river christian college okay and and so you are you playing basketball there and, yes okay i'm on the team i'm not getting a lot of playing time Okay. Mm. But are you familiar with, with ice hockey? Uh, yeah. Yes. So I'd never seen it up until college. We did really? not have it in Cincinnati, no. And apparently there's something called a goon. Oh. And they, they, they're they the enforcer. They, they go in to mess things up. They don't really, really play well. but they And I realized I could get playing time by being a goon. Okay. But I was not very strong, so I used my words. Oh. And I, I, I would taunt them and say things that, like, I would, I would try to find out what they'd be insecure about. And then I would say it like I'd be like, "Oh, you seem like you're really you're not really good at school, or you you know you you can't commit." And then they oh. would say, well, "What is this guy talking about?" And they would get out of their mind, out, get in their mind. And that's how I got. In the- that is amazing. And then you know, on your Wikipedia page, it says you went straight from there to go play in Bosnia. Yes, I played in Bosnia. Uh, t- technically, technically back, no, back then it was Bosnia. Yes, I played in Bosnia. And let and let me just tell you, Bosnia is beautiful. The really? people are the people are. Um, they're not quite n- nice, but they're like um, they're the salt of the earth. But like, what's that different type of salt? Um, like rock salt, like, like a Himalayan salt? pink salt, like, like a yeah, Himala- Himalayan salt, Himalayan pink salt. I think the ones the ones from the Himalayas that they get. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, how did they get that and put it on chip? Anyway, that is what they are. They and and they, I, I stayed with a host family, okay. and they and they they thought they called me their son, and it was cute. But then at the end, there was some confusion. Um, and then from Bosnia, a scout for the Indiana Pacers saw me. Awesome. And they were, and they, they needed someone that they, they had the physical presence, you know, yeah. uh, they, they, they played a really bully ball of basketball, but they didn't have the people who could take down someone with their words, you know, uh. someone who was cruel and, uh, not very nice. And that's where I served. And on the Pacers, were you a forward? Were you a center? Were you a guard? Were you a hack bash, a backlash? Oh a my, I, I wish, I, I wish I was a backslash. I mean, <laughs> I probably get a lot more money these days. You've seen Bezos. Anyway, no. What I was, I was a, I was a forward. I, I, I was, I was in the front court. You know, uh, yeah. I, I can't. I'm better without the ball. I'm mm. not a really good dribbler or shooter. Yeah. Uh, but without the ball, I'm pretty good yeah, at basketball. Yeah. 
Well, with that height, I'd put you right under the basket. That's right. And, and you know, you can look up, Hallie, some of my, uh, you know, of course, I was kind of geeking out when I found out that Ron was going to be on the show today. I was looking at some of the old clips that they've got on YouTube, and one of them that's oh, just crazy Lord. is called Ron Labine rim jo- Best Rim Jobs. And it's yes. so funny because, awesome. it's uh, you know, they've kind of put this funny, the chicken dance music under it. And uh, there's a whole bunch of times when, I guess, you know, you tried to do sort of a, a dunk, but the rim kind of was like right there, and you just really oh. m- just hit the rim pretty hard and they've got them all cut together and it's with the chicken music it's really fun i mean i was known for the rim jobs because i just kept getting over and over again they, it, i couldn't dunk the ball kept stopping me and i would get so frustrated but then the crowd started reacting to it and i said you know what if this is how i'm called to serve so i'll get rim job and so i that became my thing you went so from you were rim- doing it on purpose eventually no i would honestly i wasn't but i would i'd be okay with the result because you know you want to succeed in life, like, right? and sometimes, you, like, what's the time that you you try to do something and it didn't go well? Um, did, did you get I frustrated? Can't really think of any? My, my diet? <laughs> Am I getting my ten thousand oh. steps a day? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, well, you, yeah, it, you're pretty. You seem pretty successful, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't call it successful, but I just, you know, I've, I guess what I would say is, I just really haven't had any challenges in my life that have not been able to overcome easily. Like, it doesn't take much work, right? See, for me. If I change my expectations, then I succeed. Okay. So if I try to dunk a basketball and I get rim job, I could be mad that I didn't dunk it or say, hey, this is what I wanted. Right. That's right. So I, I'm constantly changing. I'm, I'm moving the goalpost. That's so right. I, I, so I never feel I fail. I, so I don't, I don't feel like I failed. Like, like when you were in the game, it was the rim job. And now in retirement, you're getting these donkey punch or these donkey dunks, right? Yeah, they're getting donkey dunked and donkey punched sometimes too. So we oh, go from no. rim jobs to uh-huh. donkey punches and donkey dunks. And this is what yeah. life is. Life is a series of rim jobs and donkey punches. That's and right. you could either complain about it or say, hey, at least I'm hanging out with this donkey. You know, it's also really cool is uh, Ron shows up in this new documentary yeah. called The Last Dance. The Last Dance. Dance. I yes. watched it on uh, on Apple TV. Oh, right. I didn't watch it, but I did watch the uh, what are the, the, the trailer. Mm-hmm. And he's he, he's in that trailer a few times because my, uh, Michael Jordan, the guy uh, the guy that was really good at basketball, Michael Jordan, uh, several times is shown to be, you know, doing all sorts of, you know, talking at you and sort of like, uh, yeah, what, what were those conversations like? Michael and I did. And get along. Oh, I mean, he's, okay. he's, he's, he's the I was the thorn in the lion's paw. And right. He would bark at me. You know, I wasn't even the game. Right, would, yeah, a lot of times you're sitting in the seats. So he would just gonna... come. He would come right up to me and say, "You are nothing. You are nobody. Yeah. Uh, you you will never amount to anything." And then he would call my hotel room. Oh, really? Uh, he would he would send me things in the mail. Like what? Like he, one time he sent me locks of my own hair, and I was like, "How did he even get these?" Wow. But you know that that, that that that's how basketball was. See, they were just doing things like that. He once. He was stealing my grandmother's social security checks to gamble with and as like a prank. And yeah. my grandma, like, you know, she was on a fixed income. She didn't have much. But for there was like a summer where she couldn't eat because Michael Jordan kept going to her mailbox and stealing the social security checks. Yeah. And it was just like that was just the kind of guy Michael was. It, did it get results? Absolutely. Well, I thought in The Last Dance that he doesn't come off as a very sympathetic character. He was really hard on everybody, even his own teammates. He was very driven. Um, And I wanted to ask you, because you've lived the life in the locker room, these beautiful journalists, these sideline gals coming in there while you're trying to put on your underpants. You're just wearing nothing but a towel. There's gorgeous women in there trying to interview you. And the president, who was a pretty godly man, I mean, God gave us, you know, Donald Trump, and he said Mm. that the only reason 
reason Amen. he said bad things was because that's locker room talk. And I said, oh, so there must be a culture back there. I mean, how did you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus when you were in an actual locker room? Thank you for asking that. Because that, that was, you'd be surprised how many Christians there are. And when, when, when the president did called the locker room talk, I said, well, my God. He must have been in a really good locker room because we we would get bad, but we never got that bad. Uh-huh. And when he, when he said that, I was like, he must be really good at being in a locker room. So like he, I was like, he knows because we would say things, you know, the guys talk and women sure. are coming in and we're you know getting changing to try to be modest and we would oh, say cool. things that were probably you know blue, sure. you know, okay. a little. But when he said that, I was like, oh my, never in my life have, did I hear anything that bad. And I oh. was like, oh, this guy, this guy's been in some locker rooms. <laughs> okay. And I, and I got to imagine, you know, you're in that locker room with all your buddies and you just played this game. And do you guys ever, you know, have a bit of fun where you're snapping each other with a towel or, yeah. or, or maybe kind of doing a slip and slide through the shower or something? I just always think that would be just a fun kind of bonding experience. Literally after every game. Really? Every <gasps> game. Win or loss, we would all take a shower together. We would put on yes. Motown, oh. and we would we would just start whipping each other with towels. And sometimes we would tell secrets, and that oh. was always so fun. And awesome. sometimes, and sometimes we would share stories, and yeah. we would still be whipping. And then sometimes we would wash each other's hair, but like in like a in like a really nice way, you know, right. not like in a selfish pleasure way, like in of a course, service yeah. way, yeah, yeah uh, like accountability. Yes, every game. And then when that when that mash when that Motown tape would go off, that's when we start to put our clothes back on. Amazing. See, Hallie, I think that is so important. And I don't think guys today really have relationships like that because, you know, I've never really been into team sport, but I have thought if I was to get into a team sport, that would be the kind of camaraderie that you really need is to just kind of, you know, run amok in a locker room after you don't really worry about the games, but you're going, hey, what's your secret? Or, ow, hey, you snapped me with a towel. Or, you know, maybe you want to hang out later and we can talk about, you know, the stuff that we've been dealing with and all that kind of cool stuff that guys that guys really need yes we did it would get that is such a good point because i i the team is the f- important part and they say team sport sport right. is secondary team is what we you really long for you don't long for the goals or the glory or the girls uh i, I call that the, the three g's uh what my phone gets but i also think that it's about being together and if you can after the game if it gets spooky, like if it became spooky and we would tell, end up telling story, like ghost stories, that's when you knew that you could be vulnerable and you didn't have to, anything to be afraid of. Because I, I don't know, but I get afraid. I, you don't seem like you get afraid. But I, I, I have fear a lot. Yeah. And it's if you can have fear with others, it makes it less scary. Now, how did you meet your wife? Uh, Rachel? Uh, yeah. Oh, it, 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 is the, it is the funniest story. Uh, it was one of those classic road rage incidences. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Uh, she, uh, she was driving slow. I was behind her, and it made me mad. And so I started following her, and she was driving. We, we were outside of Minneapolis. Turns out she was driving to Davenport, Iowa. I followed her the whole way, honking, screaming, almost like, she says stalking, but like in like a like you know like a, like how Romeo stalked Juliet type way. Right. Yeah, yeah, very um, romantic. How, you know how the whale stalked Jonah, like in a good way. Yeah. Um, and I got out of her house, and when she turned around, it was the most beautiful person, and I wasn't mad at her because I saw how pretty she was. You yeah, know? yeah. You know how you can be mad at people when like right. their their faces are bad. Yeah, but When yeah. you see them and they're not, you're like, oh, I was silly. Like yeah. what was I thinking? Yeah. And that's exactly. It was just. And was she mad, but was she mad at you for following it? It was less. It was more of like a like was a she scared? scared. Yeah, yeah like okay. a cute scared. Like she was like terrified and it was this is like before cell phones were normal you know this is you know late 90s and so i feel like it was like but when, when i don't know about you guys but when s- you can scare someone yeah it feels good yeah Do you know yeah, what i mean yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Have, you, have you ever or 
It doesn't feel good to be scared, but it feels really good to scare someone without consequences, you know? Yeah, my kids like to watch scary movies. They love the feeling of it. What oh, movies? What movies? What, what's scary? Do you let them watch scary movies? I, I know, but I think they, they put them on their cell phones and they project oh, it up onto yeah. the TV. Um, I, they recently watched um, Cabin in the Wood. Oh, yes. And... Uh, and um, and one called Scare Me, a Josh Rubin film called Scare Me. Was and, it scary? And, and and well, yeah. And then they and then my youngest says, "I can't sleep. I'm terrified." And you know, but I think with Rachel, she probably kind of liked it because you know what? Yes. I'm going to tell you from her perspective. She probably got out of the car thinking she was about to be murdered because you know, truly, statistically, the number one danger of the threat to a female's life is is a man. That's true. Um, That's true. So she probably got out like terrified for her life, but then she got one look at you and she said, "Well, look at this tall drink of water." You know, because yeah. you're good looking, and so. So she was probably instantly flattered. What kind of car did you drive back then? Oh, I drove a Wrangler. You know, Jeep. I only awesome. drive Jeeps. Because oh, okay. I'm so tall, I can just I stick out of ceiling. So if I can have no no ceiling, it's best for me. Oh, you just got your head out the sunroof? Uh, right out the sunroof, I take the top off. You know, it's it's you unzip it and then I'm, oh, yeah. I'm out. It's got a, oh, oh, that's uh, gonna be interesting too, because she probably the whole time you were following her were like, hey, who's this guy, guy with a head coming out of the the over the top of the roll bar? You know? Yes, exactly. Right. This guy knows his Jeeps. Oh yeah, I mean now I've got one just because of you. Well, how's it running? I'm just how's the car? How's it, you taking care of it? You know, it, it it ran pretty good for a few months, but you know. Uh, Basically, I was hearing kind of a sound under the hood, and I took it in, and they said, well, it is American-made, which means it's probably going to break. And then mm. the other thing they said is, you know, the problem with the uh, the Jeep Renegade is they really make the outside – it's it's kind of all about the look and not really about how it runs. Mm. Yes. Because they said a lot of it is really just kind of t- trying to express masculinity on the outside, mm-hmm. but it's not really about putting any good parts on the and inside. And it does look cool. Right. And, and the guy kind of went off about toxic masculinity and stuff, and I was like, hey, I don't what? need a lecture. I just want to be able able to pull yeah. out of my driveway when in the snow. I bet you he had a coexist bumper sticker right, on his car. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, every time I see one of those, I get so mad. I know. Now, Ron, yes. I just want to ask you one more question about yes, the ma'am. locker room thing before I forget, because you might be able to give me some godly perspective. Sometimes when I'm at the YMCA after I've been swimming my laps, I get very self-conscious. I know we're supposed to um get the chlorine off and shower and you know take off your bathing suit and get your clothes on over the locker. And I'm just so I don't I don't know what to do with my own eyes and and to where to look. And so here you are. You're in a locker room full of these you know gorgeous Adonis athletic bodies of all your best buddies, and um, uh, you're just specimens of athleticism and like you know an Olympiad uh, uh, statue. And here they have their buttocks out and exposed, and their male member or their third leg or whatever it is that you know you call. I mean these guys must be like. Oh, hung like horses when they're that tall and they are so so you know long everywhere else i mean what do you do with your eyes when you're in the shower when you're in there when you're smacking each other whipping each other with towels and stuff do you just look and it's not a big deal because you got the same stuff or what what do you do let me ask you a question okay you you, you, you go on a plane you fly to florence okay Okay. you you stand in line you're at you're at the academia okay you you get in the academia you you, you see michelangelo's david okay do do you not do you do you go no i'm gonna go to the other room or do you go uh, right. straight to David and look at look and look at it chiseled out of marble? I mean, yeah. I, well, I stood in a long line to get to see David, but you know what? I did try to. I tried to look at his hands. He had very big hands. I I, I admired his thighs and his hair yes. and the and the detail and stuff. I really tried not to look at his member. You know. Well, also, Hallie, you were at the Olive Garden when you were looking at that one. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's true. God, that's true. I, I mean, did Garden. did you look at David's member? Did you let oh, yourself? Of course, I did. And, and the first thing you do, it's like. 
when you first day of prison, you go against the, the biggest guy and you, you beat him up. That's what yep. you do. Okay. First day in the locker room, you go to the guy with the biggest member and you uh-huh. say, congratulations. Oh, you, high five. You have a, you are the biggest. I, I, I submit. I recognize. And wow. then and then it's smooth sailing from there. Oh, that's oh, great. Oh, wow. It makes yes, sense. But if you don't, if you don't do that uh-huh. the first day, it uh-huh. gets awkward because then it's like, where do I look? But if you just say like, hey, our job is to shower together, essentially. Yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah, what it's... an... There's no, whoa, we're going to call HR. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, Ron, I wanted to ask you, what, what, what gave you the decision to start playing in the NBA? That is a fantastic question. And it's kind of a long story, but it's also kind of short. Um, I remember I went, it was, you know, after the 98 season, I'm okay. getting ready. 99 was the lockout year. So it started, mm-hmm. there was, a, so it started way later. So it was kind of a wonky schedule. I drove up. I, once the lockout was over, I'm like, great, I'm going to go to practice. My key card doesn't work. Oh, oh, so you're still locked out. Locked out. So, so I can hear people playing and laughing. I hear Motown playing, and everyone's like giggling. And I hear someone talking about ghosts, and I'm like, oh, I'm missing it, something big. And I try. I go around. Doesn't work again. Okay, so I call still my, locked out. I call my agent. You know, so that's when I had a cell phone. You know, can only use it for emergencies. Number disconnected. Oh no. Yeah, off the grid. Oh. Turns out disappeared without a trace. Huh. Either kidnapped, murdered, or insurance fraud. We really? still don't know. I got cut. I never found out because my agent had gone missing and they did not tell me. So I'm sitting out there in the rain. Everyone's laughing, listening, you know, listening to Motown, having a great, the Temptations having a great time. And that's how I found out. That's when I decided time to hang it up. Unbelievable. I think I should retire. So I decided to retire at that moment. I just never realized that the yeah. lockout was really just all about key cards. That's all it was. <laughs> it was. It was literally, they were locked out. They're like, like you, know, you have to get a locksmith for three teams. Yeah. Oh, so everybody in the NBA, I, you know, you have to, I have to apologize, but so every, cause I don't really know about, um, we no, don't have fine. basketball in Australia. So, uh, yeah. but so everybody in the NBA gets a key card and you then, get a key card for your, for your training facility, for, for your team. The gym, for, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so you show up and if your key card doesn't work, you're basically not playing in the NBA anymore. Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, and every day, like maybe this will be the day and you know, it's going to, you know, it's going to happen. You know, key cards are undefeated. That's what we always say. And if it doesn't work, that's usually a good indicator that you should retire. So, you know, God is always sending us signs. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you get flooded, helicopter comes and it's like, no, God's going to save me. And then someone in a boat comes and it's like, God says, I sent the helicopter in the boat. Why didn't you go? So that's how I felt that moment. And is that what you wear around your neck? That, that is the gold plated thing. I I wear this because my dad used to wear a dog tag from, I forget which one, and it's like my own personal dog tag. Oh, like, I've been so through cool. war, I've fallen, but I'm okay, and I'm still here. That now, is so cool. And I, I want my kids to know that, you know. Awesome. And I, I have a parenting question for you because you're saying you gave. What's the, how do you deal with cell phones and the kids? I got I got I got an eight year old and a five year old. The five year old has a cell phone. We have not given the eight year old one yet. Okay, okay, um, yeah. I I think maybe give the eight year old one because I've found that punitively, it's the best thing. What they do is they get addicted to these things. They love <gasps> them so much, and then there you have your punishment. Of all you have to do is take it away from them or threaten to take it away from them. They'll do whatever you want. Really? And so I use it punitively, and it works like a charm. Okay, you don't want to get up and put on a nice shirt and come with me to church? Well, guess what? I just deactivated your TikTok account. <laughs> okay? Wow, that is so smart. That is good. You should write a book. You should write a parenting book. That I, is, maybe I should. That's such that a good idea. That is genius. That's such a good idea. And I don't want you to feel bad about your key card, and I think it looks so cool as a gold chain around Thank your you. neck. I, you're a hero of mine, I honestly, and I just want to say, oh, 
if I can give you a word basket of encouragement, um, I think that when they deactivated your key card, it was probably because, you know what, if you did it too long, your joints, you see these images of Michael Jordan, he's putting his legs in ice water, he's in pain all the time. That makes me feel so much better. Thank you for saying that. That really touches me because it is a blessing in disguise. Like, you it know, really is. Like, it, it, it is. An un- they talk about unanswered prayers, you know, and it's like, thank, thank goodness that, thank goodness that I decided to retire when they told me they didn't want me anymore because who knows what would have happened. That's right. That's right. Ron Levine was played by John Sabine. He is such a gem and fun as hell to improvise with. Follow him at jsabine214. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.